2: Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind
3: of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps, an audio postcard from the fabulous Las Vegas Strip. I'm Stephen Maggi. One thing that is constant about Vegas is change, and the show is no different. As you know, Wine World has been a regular feature for about a year now we've decided to morph this segment into a broader look at the Vegas good life. Not just wine, but other spirits, fine dining, gourmet coffee, and great cigars. And today we'll kick it off with an in-depth discussion with Matt Leos, former sommelier at Delmonico's and one of this segment's experts on the good life in Vegas. And our regulars are here as well. Up first, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com says that Vegas needs a clue. In other words, what the town needs to do to continue as the international entertainment capital. The Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford, is back again talking about one of Las Vegas' favorite games, video poker. Finally, Pawn Star's art appraiser Brett Maley is back talking about masterpieces that may be in somebody's attic. Let's go. A regular listener to Wine World, I know that you know we're serious about wine. We got a guy on today, Matt Leos. He was the sommelier over at Delmonico's right when it opened up, and he's all over Vegas. He now runs a company called Bird Dog Wine Broker and basically knows everything there is to know about not only wine but great food in the Vegas area and stuff. Just our pleasure to have Matt on. Matt, how did you ever get into this world of wine? Because nobody ever starts like going to school and say, I want to be in the
1: wine world. I was a waiter in St. Louis where I grew up at a restaurant called um, Chestnuts at the Adams Mark. And uh, a gentleman came in, lots of gold chains on, obviously had a lot of money. And I think that he might have been a a pimp. And he had a girl with him. And they ordered this bottle of wine called Dom Perignon. I didn't know what the hell it was. And I had never opened a bottle of Dom Perignon and brought it to the table and started to attempt to open it. They had like 30-foot ceilings in this restaurant. And I opened it. And the cork flew out, hit the ceiling, about $190 (laughs) bottle of wine, about a glass of it poured onto the floor. And I was just extremely embarrassed and told myself, I'm never going to let this happen again. Luckily, the customer thought it was funny. And uh, I I got books and started trying to teach myself to learn more about wine. That was the beginning. Then I worked for the Ritz-Carlton and moved to to Las Vegas and went to UNLV and began my wine career there.
3: Yeah, well, so how do you get to Delmonico's? I mean, that's a pretty big deal, an Emerald restaurant.
1: It was really by chance. I was bartending at the Hard Rock Hotel, and one of the sommeliers, Terry O'Neill, and his wife-to-be at the time were sitting at the bar, and I was running around the center bar. And um, they asked me some questions about some wine we were pouring by the glass. And I started – I was taking class under a guy named Steve Geddes at UNLV. And I started answering questions for Terry. And he's like, You know, we're looking for somebody like you right now. Would you be inter- interested in interviewing tomorrow? And I interviewed the next day and they hired me on the spot. So that was Emeralds. And about a year later, Delmonico opened and they transferred me there. And that was the beginning. It was just by happenstance. Now, you met Emerald a few times. Oh, yeah. I talked to him on that. great. Amazing guy to work for. Very passionate um just very exciting i from what i understand i didn't know him in the beginning but from what i understand it was very he was very shy in the beginning and they they had to drag him by the arm to come out and do um service and so forth for for the uh opening of the restaurants but over time he became more comfortable with who he is and self-awareness and so forth and he's uh Tremendous individual. I loved working for him. You know what's interesting is
3: all the people we've talked to, we've, we've interviewed quite a few people from his various restaurants. Everybody says that, and they all say he's great in terms of like he gives you his philosophy, and then he lets you do well, what also you also don't do. want to
1: piss him off. Okay. So, so there's <laughs> that. He, he, he does have a temper, but you, he, he's very good at keeping everybody in line, and he's just a great leader. He's, he's a tremendous I can't say enough good things about Emerald. I loved working for him. You told me and a great story I learned so much working under him and his management staff.
3: Well, what I got a kick out of is you told me when you were starting to do the wine list, you were trying to like, start adding wines to impress, and he kind of took you aside and said,
1: eh, don't go yeah, too he, crazy. His, he said, we need more wines under $50 a bottle. And I was like, seriously? Don't you want the check average to be up? He said, yes, Matt, but... Everybody, every walk of life watches my show, and I want everyone to be able to drink a bottle of wine in my restaurants. So, diversify the list. So, I, I started bringing in more or less expensive wines. But, you know, as a SOM, somebody that's looking for this, isn't it sort of a, even more of a
3: challenge to go out and find that cheaper bottle of wine that's really good as opposed to these $1,000 bottle ones?
1: Yeah, they're going to be great. They're Not also $1,000. No, there's, there's so much great wine out there. And more great wine today than ever in history. There's Everybody's learned the recipe to make great wine. And there's so much quality wine being made that you can find for under 50 bucks retail. Really? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So what do you recommend?
3: I mean, let's start talking about that. People come let's, out to visit to Vegas. People they always want to go ask have this cool?
1: question. It's so difficult to answer that question because uh, wine's a lot like music or art. It depends on your particular mood or your, what you're into.
3: Well, it's all about food pairings
1: too. So yeah, that's important as well. So, Not okay, so. as important to me now as it used to be. Why? Um, because I think that, I think that wine, wine works with so depends on the wine. It does. But wine works with so many different types of food, food, and wine, it's very easy to pair food and wine. There are certain things like asparagus, artichokes, uh, garlic, eggs. These are difficult to pair with all wine. Right. But for the most part, you have a beautiful plate of uh, braised short ribs, for instance, with um, I don't know, some polenta.
0: So and it's
1: delicious. <laughs> um, so many wines would work with this. There's so many red wines. Not just Syrah, Or Cabernet Sauvignon. You can pair Grenache here from a warm climate, like Grenache from Australia, for instance.
3: Do you think too many people
1: just kind of go automatically to
3: the Cabernet? You know, I mean, Cabernet Sauvignon, right? That's automatic. You got a steak, Cabernet.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, It's unfortunate because there are so many other varietals that are similar. To Cabernet Sauvignon and its flavor profile and tannin structure, tannin structure is probably what draws a lot of people to Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, it's also marketing. Marketing is a very powerful tool in in wine sales. Um, but there's so many different grape varietals on the planet uh, that are as good, if not better, than Cabernet Sauvignon and have longevity like Cabernet Sauvignon.
3: More with Matt Leos, former sommelier at. Delmonico's and owner of Bird Dog Wine Broker in just a few moments. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Scott takes a look at some of the issues that have bogged down growth on the Strip. You said Vegas needs a clue. And that's really into the response of all these things that we're seeing. And I'm talking to people and it seems like everybody hates the service charges. Everybody hates the resort fees. Everybody hates all this stuff. The ATM thinks... But it appears that the answer from at least some of the big folks in town is, eh, when it gets too bad, we'll do something about it.
2: Is it ever going to get too bad? Yeah, I think, uh, and even the CEO of Caesars Entertainment, very smart, knowledgeable business person, the other day on an earnings call said, there's probably going to be a tipping point for this problem. And we have to be careful about that. And it seems so absurd to me because the tipping point has already happened. Visitation is flat. There is more competition than ever. Legal gambling is has spread across the country. And the thing that I hear every single day over and over is that people don't like being nickel and dimed. This is supposed to be like Disneyland for grown ups, right? Vegas is supposed to be fun. The first thing you encounter is paid parking. When you check out, it's resort fees. So I think they're absolutely at a point where collectively this town needs to get a clue because they need to realize that the experience is the most important thing people don't really mind paying 30 40 for resort fee if their overall cost of their room is cheaper than chicago or new york or anywhere else and that is the case vegas is a good value but it's the perception of nickel and diming and that's the clue they need to get they don't need to do these cnf franchise uh fees they don't need to do these venue fees everybody's got to get it together And turn that experience into a great one again, because by the time they realize it's a problem, the CEO of Caesars is going to realize it's too late and he's going to be out of a job. Scott will be back again next week. Remember to check out
3: VitalVegas.com every day. Nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes the way Scott Robin does. More with Matt Leos, former sommelier at Delmonico's and owner of Bird Dog Wine Broker, in just a few moments. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi Coast to Coast on the Biz Talk Radio Network. Can... Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Matt Leos, former sommelier at Delmonico's and owner of Bird Dog Wine Broker and one of the regular experts in our brand new segment, The Vegas Good Life, which is also available as a podcast on our website, VegasNeverSleeps.com. Let's talk about interacting with the Somme because you're there at Delmonico's at the time or whenever they go to any fine restaurant, there'll be a psalm there to help them out, pick out their wine. forth. You want to have fun with them, right, and not be afraid. Because I think a lot of people, their first thought is, oh, God, this guy's going to try to sell me a used car. <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs>
1: yes, that, that is possible. I don't think so much in Vegas. The wine community is very tight-knit in Las Vegas. I think that if you were the type of gouging sommelier individual, you would get weeded out relatively quickly, I would think. Um, snobbery is just not something that, we, we take the industry very seriously, sommiers. And snobbery is just something that we don't... Really? good. I think a lot of people yeah, think I it's know, exactly I know. the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know, I know. <laughs> well, people are afraid of sommiers because they do think that they're, go- they're going to get... Um, Gouged. So put yourself in the
3: place of the customer. Well, okay, we know about the guys that we don't like. But so let's say gonna- somebody you don't know, and they seem okay, and they just have some suggestions. I mean, how do you kind of work, let them know that, like, hey, I want to have fun? For example, how do you tell them, like, look, I'm not here to spend uh, $500 on a bottle of wine. I- no
1: problem. <laughs> I have a beautiful $400 bottle of wine that will satisfy your taste, but I'm just kidding. But I would bring them into a $200 bottle of wine or something, a $150 range that will satisfy that, that $500 price point that he's looking for. $500 for a bottle of wine, you're paying for name recognition or you're paying for rarity or just quality. Quali- you can't, there are $500 bottles of wine out there that garner this price point, point because scarcity and quality... Right. Um, there are important, outstanding wines in that $500 price range. But there are also really outstanding wines on a wine list in Las Vegas that you can find for $100 a bottle or $150 a bottle. I don't want to mention too many brands unless you want to mention brands. Um, I don't want to give any uh, love to any of my competitors.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's kind of bring people up to date with what you're doing. So Bird Dog Wine Brokers, you get to know all these people, right? You're working with them and so forth. And You're talking about the wine buyers? The soldiers? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're sitting there, you're trying to work with them. Do, do they have different personalities where you have to attach, like, Different selling methods? Absolutely.
1: My buyers are exactly like a gentleman or a woman that's sitting in the restaurant asking me questions about what they should be having for dinner or whether it's a special occasion or whether they just want to spend a bunch of money or whether they want to save a bunch of money. It's all – it's exactly the same thing. And I use all those skills that I've learned over the years from waiting tables, from working as a sommelier, working as a bartender to – What I do now.
3: Well, you know, we had a meal, um, a man and some friends, over at Cut, Wolfgang Pucks. And it just was a really – Yeah, and it was a special thing, you know. It cost a lot of money, but it was
1: really something you just won't have a Cut is, you know, the top three – it's arguable. But top three to five steakhouses in the city, Cut is – Right and that's saying there. something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. really is. Well, we have, a, we have a lot of steakhouses in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And, and oh, that's one thing that they always have had here yes. in Las Vegas. A lot of the other cuisines are new, relatively, but mm-hmm. uh, steakhouses have a great history here. But my, my point is, you come to Vegas, and from a lot of parts of the country, you just don't have the chance to have that kind of experience. So what do you recommend to somebody? Let's say somebody's coming from a part of the country that, you know, this there's, there's some nice local restaurants, but nothing like what they have here kind of places, I mean, would you, would you recommend somebody go like right to one of the, the name, chef names, or would you tell them to venture out a bit, or what kind of things do they look at? I mean, there's so many
2: different if things. If they
1: want to go to a steakhouse, I would recommend them go to Mordeo, Off Strip. There's so many great restaurants Off Strip right now. Uh, Mordeo is run by a guy named Kai Vu, outrageously talented chef, who also um, is partnered in a Concept called District One, and and uh, I believe he has a District One in Taipei as well. And Luis de Santos is a master sommelier, and uh, as we all know, master sommeliers are very scarce. I think there are two hundred and twenty or something on the planet right now, and um, just really talented guys. And and the food's outrageous, and they have tremendous steaks, and they have black footed um, the bayota ham, the Iberico. Oh, oh yes, it's outstanding! I mean, the the food's really killer there. Uh, as far as the steakhouse goes, yeah, off strip. Absolutely. If I were to send somebody on the strip and they were asking me what good places there were to go on the strip, mm-hmm. once again, it's a subjective thing. Do you want to go to someplace that's like a nightclub atmosphere? Then go to STK at Cosmopolitan, and it's like a nightclub in there. It's yeah. very loud, very uh, lots of action, lots of energy, lots of fun, and good steak. Um, but for something high-end, cut. Is, is what I recommend. Charlie Palmer Steak at Four Seasons is outstanding to kind of get away from all the hustle and bustle of the machines. Uh, it's inside Four Seasons and um, really, really good as well. And actually, Charlie Palmer has this thing that's a little known secret. It's called Cut of the Week. They don't like to advertise it. Cut of the Week is this three-course tasting menu that Charlie Palmer offers. You get a salad, a steak, a dessert, and all the white and red wine you can drink for, I think it's $58 or something. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's the best deal in town. Okay, everybody, you got to write that one down, Charlie Palmer. So that's <laughs> a, because, you know, the Four
3: Seasons, they don't have a casino and it just screams of elegance if you've ever been in there. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense if you want that. Because part of this, and let's get back even to the expensive wines. One of the things Eddie's told us is... You, Eddie you, Osterlin. Eddie Osterlin, yeah. America's first, Master Sommelier. <laughs> <yay>. And <laughs> Eddie's talked to us. He's been giving us advice for weeks now. One of the things is... You need to be you need to be in a place where you can really enjoy it, and that means not that I love STK. This is nothing against them, but you want for for some of these things, you want that quiet. You want that thing where you can sit there, and maybe not say anything. You know what was funny when I was I completely the, agree with you. You know what was funny when cut. They sit there and they brought out that ham, the acorns. Mm-hmm. The only, these pigs only eat acorns, and they actually asked me, you know, you might want to stop talking just while you taste this. So give this a minute and. Savor. Yeah,
1: it it was true. And it's tremendous.
3: More with sommelier and wine broker Matt Leos in just a moment. Speaking of the good life, how about art? Pawn Stars' Brett Mealy is back to talk about hidden treasures. We talk about some of these surprises, and we know that there are artists out there that have done works that nobody knows. Is there any? Particular artist that comes to mind, where you know that somewhere out there there are some things that they know, particularly from that artist, you know, and it's just a matter of who's lucky enough to find it or where it's at.
2: Well, yes, I mean a lot of the, especially the the twentieth century masters, the early century masters like Picasso and Matisse and Chagall, those were very prolific artists. I mean stories. Uh, about Picasso have become legend of him, you know, paying bar tabs with sketches on cocktail napkins and things like that. So obviously not all of his works have been cataloged and there are works floating around. I've been approached with a lot of works that people have said, oh yes, you know, my, my great-grandfather knew Picasso and he gave him this painting in lieu of payment for this or that or the other thing. So, uh, and, and again, these are pieces that have been in family collections and not catalogs. So absolutely uh, some important works can, be found floating out there and that's why art encounter is important because we can oftentimes facilitate the authentication and the provenance that's necessary to ultimately bring a piece like that to market or even to light you can be bred at his gallery art encounter
3: check it out on the web at artencounter.com more with matt leos former sommelier at Delmonico's and owner of bird dog wine broker in just a few moments You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network.
1: Alan Childs here, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
3: You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Today's show is brought to you, in part, by the Orleans Hotel and Casino, the best deal in Vegas. Great rooms and dining at an incredible price. Call them for reservations or make them online at orleanscasino.com. You are listening to Matt Leos, the former sommelier at Delmonico's and the owner of Bird Dog Wine Broker. So, I
1: mean, even like with the wines, why is that so important? I mean, why, why do we need to concentrate on them? Well, there's a lot to think about when you're tasting wine. The texture of the wine, the uh, aromatics, the flavors, there's so many things going on. If there's disruptions, it's hard to isolate those things. I don't know about you, but I can only do one thing at a time. <laughs> as I try to do as many things as I can at, at once. But when it comes to wine, I like to really be focused in on the wine and, and not have er- interruptions around me. Uh, that way you can really enjoy what the wine has to offer, what, how serious of a, it depends on how serious the wine is as well. But it gives you a good um, understanding of the wine if you don't have a lot of interruptions, people bumping into you, talking to you or yelling or anything. So, yes, that is true. And as a psalm, can you help people – because that's, that's all an acquired art.
3: I know it takes years and years to, to really get the – It's just like putting a puzzle together right but the more you do
1: it the better you get at it
3: right and can you kind of help people in in, in that you know like when you were working potentially
1: (laughs) yes potentially I can it just depends on how open-minded the uh the individual it's important to be open-minded um but it depends on how open-minded the individual is. But anybody can be taught. We all have, we've all been eating and drinking our whole lives, and we all have an olfactory sense for the most part. Sh- there are people that unfortunately have lost that sense, or have lost the sense of taste, or, or whatever the case may be. But anybody can be taught to blind taste. This is blind taste wine? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, pretty yeah.
3: much. And we'll uh, take it to the next step. If somebody's looking for something really different, where around town would you suggest they go? As far as
1: food or wine? Well, let's start with wine. Um, There's so many exciting places. Um, But the first one I'm going to mention, just because the, the wine guy there is so talented and passionate um, and and the chef behind this concept is ridiculous as uh, Esther's kitchen downtown on California and Maine that is one of my favorite restaurants in the entire city currently yeah. and there's so many new ones coming and James trees is the chef behind that restaurant and he has a new concept called ADA's up in Tivoli Village which is just
3: what is that crazy good
1: I, yeah. they do ice cream they make their own ice cream in-house if this oh. this uh, I think it's strawberry, balsamic, basil ice cream. I think that that was the combination. Um, it, ridiculous ice creams. If you're into ice cream, go. And they make pizza and then his world-famous bread. Uh, the bread is, to what me, the best doing? bread. This in the, uh, it's crazy good. Crazy good. Um, as far as wine programs or wine by the glass that you can try, cool, interesting stuff. Paul Argier at Esther's Kitchen. He's a sommelier there. You also see him tableside taking your order. The guy does everything. He's a very passionate, hardworking individual that runs a really killer, interesting Wine by the Glass program downtown. Um, Another would be EDO. EDO's got a really cool beverage program and the food. Food is fantastic there. EDO Gastropub, Joseph Mikulish and uh, Roberto Liendo. Um, I forget the chef's name. I think it's Oscar something or another. But the it's on Jones, pretty- and who would ever know that? I mean, that's something they have to, they have to talk to it's you. It's right next to like District that. 1 on Jones, where it's in the old slot where the original Chata wine used to be. Chada was a Thai restaurant um, by Bank Acharawan. Speaking of Bank Acharawan, that is another outrageous off-strip place to get wine. Wine by the glass, or just really cool, esoteric, hard-to-find exotic bottles that you don't, you're do not you not going to pay um, top dollar for. He doesn't do the three-time markup like everybody else. He's doing like a one-time markup on his wines. You can get a bottle of uh, Dompt Grand Cru Chablis for like 85 bucks wow. there. Um, it's pretty outrageous, his wine program. And then right next door to there is Sparrow & Wolf. Once again, killer wines by the glass, uh, and all kinds of interesting things. John Anthony and Brian Howard are the guys behind that. Chef Brian Howard's uh, James Beard Award winner and just extremely talented. He came from Komsa and Bouchon and the, he's worked all over the place, just like James Trees. we super talented, off strip guys. To me, what the future is holding is off strip restaurants. The Strip, Las Vegas Strip, is, is unfortunately becoming very vanilla. And it's still cool to go down there. I, I don't enjoy going down there unless I'm at working. <laughs> uh, but the strip is, you know, serves its purpose. It's a, it's a money making machine, and th- the restaurants are, they're still great and stuff. But they've become a little vanilla. They they need to tighten that up.
3: And part of this, too, is some people are just dying to go to their favorite chef's restaurant. They've been watching them for years on the Food Network or and stuff. And we understand that. And those are good restaurants. But, gee, there's
1: so many of these things
3: off these the strip cele- that you don't know these about. celebrity
1: chefs on, on the strip, though, they are bound a little bit. They, they need to keep their, their uh, food menus kind of vanilla before the masses right. that come in. Or the items are just not going to sell. Food cost is a huge issue on the strip. A few, food cost is a huge issue anywhere. But... On the strip, it's you know you got the bean counters that are that are watching your uh, numbers every month, so the strip has become a little vanilla, unfortunately.
3: The other thing is we were talking about like Chef Trees, for example. Yeah, these James are guys Trees. that the they're at that level, you know. And I mean, they just they
1: start out there they're because he, i he's talk only thirty six or thirty eight years old. He's yeah. a very young, and he's chef committed to, to Vegas too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he really is. He he does. Some, he's he's got he always wears an L A Dodgers hat. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm sure he's committed to Vegas but i think he's got some sort of love for los angeles as well but the guy is he's uh, amazing talent well, so let's talk about some of the different
3: cuisines, if we could, because I think that's one of the really cool things about Vegas. And again, it's not just on the Strip, and there are some great different cuisines on the Strip, but there's all over town. One, there's a Thai restaurant, apparently, that's so good, people from Thailand come out here, because it's just better than anything Lotus they get at home. Yes,
1: I am. That's, that's the one that, I think, years ago, I think it, it, I've think i been going there since 1999, I believe. Steve Geddes, uh, Master Sommier, he's the director of operations at uh, Charlie Palmer Group. He... Turned me onto to that place in 1999, and I think around that time, Bon Appetit magazine called it the best Thai food in North America. Saipin Chutima, the chef owner behind Lotus of Siam, um, it's rumored that she cooked for the king of Thailand in the 80s or something crazy like that. So, yeah, the food's pretty outrageous.
3: What other special cuisines can we find out besides Thai food? And what other things like is there some great places here that people need to know about if they're looking for a different cuisine? Well,
1: our Chinatown. We have people don't realize we have a Chinatown in Vegas. The Chinatown in Vegas. There's always new, cool Korean barbecue, uh, Sichuan, um, Cantonese style, uh, Beijing style cuisine popping up on um, on Spring Mountain Road, and as well as Vietnamese food and and it's outrageous. Uh, that's actually where Lamai, the Thai restaurant I was talking about earlier, Bankachara Wan's restaurant, is located on on Arval and Spring Mountain. Outrageous food, and right next door is Sparrow and Wolf. Sparrow and Wolf's cuisine is kind of hard to define. It's uh, a lot of French technique, but he also does some things that he, I believe his wife's Korean. I, I can't remember. I think she's Korean, and he he uses some. Um, Korean influence or Asian influence in this thing, this clams casino that he does. And he, uh, he puts, um, uh, I think it's called Lopchong, which is a type of Chinese sausage, in mm. with instead of uh, bacon, wow. in the clam casino, and tops it with a little uni, which is sea urchin, and this uh, uni um, bearnaise sauce. It's crazy good, Steve. It's my favorite thing to get there.
3: More with Matt Leos, former sommelier at Delmonico's and owner of Bird Dog Wine Broker, in just a few moments. Time now for Michael Shackelford, also known as the Wizard of Odds. Michael is a statistician, an actuary, and an expert in gaming odds and probabilities. Video poker is my favorite game. I have. Uh, I am not on the positive uh, side of the ledger uh, over the years, but you know, every now and then you have one of those great moments. But it seems kind of tough. Is there some way for somebody, for me, if I go to you, Michael, and say, "Can you up my game a little bit?" Are there some things you can
2: do? Absolutely. I could talk about video poker all day long. It's there are two things to video poker. You have it's game selection and then playing your cards right, and pay tables have gotten a lot worse through the years. Nevertheless, there are good pay tables out there. And if you combine a good game with mailers, cashback, comps, you can have a small advantage in video poker. It's nowhere near as, as good as it used to be. And not necessarily every casino is great in video poker. So it's something that requires a lot of work. But if you're a slot player, I, I, could pretty comfortably say that the worst video poker game is probably better than
3: the best slot machine so I would absolutely advise any slot player to convert to video poker The Wizard will be back again next week More with Matt Leos, former sommelier at Delmonico's and owner of Bird Dog Wine Broker in just a few moments You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, Coast to Coast on the Biz Talk Radio Network <laughs>
2: Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps
3: with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to the former sommelier at Delmonico's and owner of Bird Dog Wine Broker, Matt Leos. If you're going to be adventurous, this is a good town to try it in. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, (laughs) off
1: strip, off strip. I mean, there's... Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm, (laughs) I'm not anti the strip. I, um... I've just lived here so long. I moved here in 1994. In August of 94, I've seen so many changes over the years. And the Strip has really, restaurants have changed in a drastic way. What about when you go out to like Henderson and Summerlin and some of these places? There's not a whole lot going on in Henderson, unfortunately. Uh, there is a really cool wine shop there called Valley Cheese and Wine. Um, brand new owners, Solène Corley, super sweet lady. And um, great prices for retail wine. You can go there to get uh, charcuterie and cheese and things and really good prices on cheese and charcuterie. And she also has wine classes. And I actually am going to assist in blind tasting class with her, I think, on a soon. It's coming up soon. She does these classes on Friday afternoons. Um, as far as restaurants in Henderson, to be honest with you, I can't think of something that... It stands out. No, there's a thing called Bloom that I've not been to yet. I've heard good things about. I've not been there. I'm not sure about it. Um, Prosecco is good in Henderson. Um, I really, I just don't know of a lot of restaurants. And I don't know why that strange anomaly is that Henderson doesn't have any really... Cool boutique restaurants like yeah. like the West Side. Maybe yeah, uh, yeah. Builds yeah. up so quickly yeah. Yeah, here. There, there's yeah, there's argument about why Henderson doesn't do that, but um, yeah, West Side think? is is where it's at.
3: What about some concepts? Like I know over at the Park MGM, they have this kind of unique place where you can go and you can pick out food. It's kind of like a Eataly. really... Yeah, Italy, which is uh, it's really strange because it's like this high-end cafeteria. Man, it is
1: freaking cool. It's awesome. Yeah. And you can buy all kinds of cool specialty stuff and take home with you there. You can get Wagyu beef. You can get all kinds of charcuterie and meats and things. And pasta dishes. They have, uh, I think three or four restaurants in there and um, it's it's pretty cool and you can buy wine there and stuff
3: that's nice to, yeah, that's yeah. nice it's to awesome. know you know mm-hmm. so what do you see as the future of Vegas I mean this just keeps you, you, you're talking a lot about some of the off strip places and you, you have some points some people feel that way even about some of the great hotels that is they have kind of gone a little more as you say vanilla is that going to continue? I mean, this always kind of is
1: evolving around here. I wish I was smart enough to give you the answer to that question. I, I, do, I don't know what the future holds for Las Vegas. It's going to be interesting. 2020 is going to be very interesting with the opening of the Drew and uh, Resorts World. And there's rumors that um, MGM Grand selling off properties. Caesars Harris is selling to some company called El Dorado. Um, there's a lot of changes happening. I just I don't I don't know what the fallout's gonna be from all these changes. It's gonna be interesting to see. I can't wait. Thank you, Matt.
3: Have you been portnoyed yet? Well you should be. What does that actually mean, Neil Portnoy?
0: Well, you know, Mona Van something. She's a psychic. Her name just slips me at the moment. At one of my networking events said, you know, you're nobody in Vegas until you've been Portnoyed. I went, oh, I kind of like that. So we started marketing, doing those portrait caricatures. And it's really caught on. Everybody wants to be Portnoyed. And what Portnoyed means is you send me a photograph and I do a realistic cartoon caricature. Realistic looks just like you. And then I cartoon the body. And you then become part of the Portnoyd Wall of Honor here at Portnoy Gallery, which now, since its inception in 2017, has got over 60 members on the wall. It's the new Sardis of Las Vegas.
3: Absolutely, our own John, the announcer, is there. How do we get information when we want to get Portnoy?
0: Uh, you can call the gallery at 702-685-2929, or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery. Artist, Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, idroppeople.com, and probably about six other places that, at my age memory, is the second thing that goes. When
3: you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas. But by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience. So you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org dot org. When you talk about the good old days in Las Vegas, Nevada, you're talking about when hotel rates were really reasonable and your money went a long way. You can have that now at the Orleans Hotel, and it's a great place for families. You know, they've got a movie theater, bowling alleys, an arcade, great pool, all that plus lower resort fees than most, and free parking, almost unheard of these days. Find out more and make a reservation. Go to orleanscasino.com. That's orleanscasino.com. By the way, you may be wondering what happened to America's first master sommelier, Eddie Osterlin. Eddie's out touring the country with his power entertaining presentation, and Eddie promises to visit back once in a while to share some of his tips. Next week, we will continue our introduction to the good life in Las Vegas with an in-depth look at one of the very best restaurants in Vegas. In fact, one of America's best. It's Wolfgang Puck's Cut, which offers one of those special only-in-Vegas experiences. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas never sleeps.
2: Vegas, here we go! Eight six 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 five seven eight five one seven. That's eight six 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 five seven eight five one seven.